this is Natalie Natalie Lander, Lander. voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. The kickoff. What's your fantasy? Good evening, afternoon, whenever you oh, happen to be. Oh. What the hell are you doing, Harry? <laughs> this ain't Wednesday I'm, night. You know, the calendar did look a little weird now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is your fantasy here presented by the kickoff? Uh, it's the usual host of characters. Uh you did already heard the voice of reason, Harry Broadhurst, and now followed up by one of my so-called best friends. It's the Black Plague, Eric Watkins. <laughs> and, of course, everybody knows me as the unprofessional and the chairman here at W2N. I'm Jason Teasley, and I want to welcome you guys to the first episode of the kickoff presents Watch Your Fantasy here on the W2M Network. You know, Harry, <clears throat> Eric, um, you you guys want to know, it's it's a little weird to be doing a fantasy football podcast here on W2M. I mean, it's I feel like four years in the making. That I feel like this ship was attempted to be sailed a while ago. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's think about it. We all had the idea. We all thought it was worth it. You only had to find an executive producer who could actually show up and help keep things going. That's why I'm well, here. Well, it's it's weird to me because uh, since this is the introductory episode, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of backstory. Uh, initially, this was the its sole reason I joined the W2M Network is because the head honcho, Sean, approached me um, after hearing my fantasy football podcast on another network said he wanted to bring a fantasy football cast to w2m so i was presented the opportunity um i set up had a co-host set everything up and never got off the ground and then one night sean had a conflict in his schedule and he said hey um I have a little show that uh, as a fantasy, uh, there's an NFL podcast that I want you to join. I think you'd fit in with everybody. And it was the birth of me on the kickoff. And that's how I met Harry. That's how I met Eric. And we'll just leave it at that. Uh, it was a, an extraordinary uh, introductory episode, if I do recall. It ended on a high note. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's just a little backstory. Uh, I do want to welcome everybody here to uh, What's Your Fantasy here on the W2M Network. So um, we're going to talk some fantasy football. Uh, it is a passion of mine. Uh, pretty much, uh, if anybody knows me on a personal level, knows that I am all about fantasy football, whether it's daily, it's dynasty, redraft. I run about 26 leagues. Uh, I'm in about 26 leagues across everything. And uh, according to my wife, finances that she adds up every year, I'm about $2,000 plus uh, that I spend on fantasy football, but I digress. So 
we're going to start this episode with uh, our main segment, our first segment of the evening. Uh, it's called the <laughs> New Lineup Who Dis, uh, where we present to you our favorite waiver wire pickups for the week after week one of the NFL season. Uh, I want to kick us off and let you let you uh, lead us into this, Harry. So it's a new lineup. Who dis? Who you got? Uh, First of all, in order to kind of give a little bit of a backstory here as well, um, fantasy football player for the better part of the last decade or so, former W2M League champion, might I add, as well, back when the W2M Network had a league. I I was the last champion. You were, because Sean decided not to renew the league. And (laughs) to answer your statement about the original episode of the kickoff that you did, uh, Jason... We left them hanging on every word. That is correct. <laughs> it's available in the archives if you want to go check it out. All right. Anyway, now, um, now, when what? Uh, just preface. When was my? When actually was my W two M debut? That was uh, late, late regular season, two thousand seventeen. No, it was twenty sixteen. It or, was December twenty sixteen. Was it in December or was it the yeah. start of the, the new year? I think it was the it was the playoff. It was a playoff podcast or, or the that, Super Bowl preview. It was a Super Bowl preview. See that tells me that tells me twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl twenty seventeen preview. Yeah, that was my because we was talking about Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> All right, so to answer your question as far as new lineup who did, uh, Naeem Hines running back Indianapolis. Technically the number two back in Indianapolis now. Don't give me no shit, Jason. I know we had this discussion <laughs> earlier. However, in his first game of the regular season, Naeem Hines had eight targets with eight catches for 45 yards and a touchdown, seven carries for 28 yards and a touchdown as well, which in most leagues with a PPR – you're looking at 14, 20, 24 and a half, 30 and a half. You're looking at about 33 points from Hines from the two yeah, score. He had, a, he had a he had a pretty solid pretty solid day. And not only that, his workload is only going to increase now that Marlon Mack has torn his ACL and is out for the rest of the season. Despite the fact that he is RB2 in Indianapolis, odds are Jonathan Taylor's probably owned in most of the leagues. I would imagine Naeem Hines wasn't, but should be going forward. Eric, new lineup. Who dis? Yeah, well, let's face it. As I deal with one of arguably the most trash NFL organizations, sometimes you can rummage through that garbage and get yourself a pretty nice shiny object. In this case... LaVisca Chennault. Now, everybody hear me out. As someone who has been playing fantasy football for just over 20 years, I have won multiple championships across platforms. The only one that I haven't won on is Yahoo. And yes, that even goes back to when AOL did fantasy football. Ah, Thank you, Antonio Gates. But anyways, I digress. Take it from me that even though you really... Don't want to have to suffer through being a Jaguars fan that I am. Look at someone like Chanel and incredible fantasy value. I mean, just 
while Minshew was spreading the wealth yesterday against that Colts defense, uh, Chenault had himself, you know, three catches on four targets, 37 yards, but a touchdown, and also had two carries for 10 yards as well. So given the kind of fluidity at a running back situation with Jacksonville, if Minshew keeps finding this level of consistency, granted, he won't go 19 for 20 every week, but expect Chenault to really settle into potentially a wide receiver two position. I'm going to go with a a, a little deeper dive. I, I've actually got two players, but I'm going to I'm going to start off on this one from that is from a highly talented offense that fell flat on their face, but they did have a bright spot. Everybody looks to the two top name receivers, the Hall of Fame quarterback and the tight end that come out of retirement who fell flat on his face and did not look in football shape. So my first new lineup who this pickup is um, Scott Miller from the Tampa Bay Bucks, who is that prototypical uh, white slot receiver, possession receiver that Brady is used to throwing to. Uh, he got he went for 73 yards um, in the loss, uh, five catches for 73 yards, which, I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh, that's mediocre. But you also got to look. You also have Mike Evans, Goodwin, uh, Godwin, and uh, Gronkowski, as well as O.J. Howard, also in that offense. So the, the snacks, five catches for 73 yards, is is pretty impressive. Uh, now the second one is a a gentleman that I was I've been very high on uh, since way back in the day. Um, coming into the season, uh, a lot of people had, and we'll we'll talk about uh, this segment. Uh, it's our next segment, but a lot of people were were thought that uh, Austin Eckler was the the wide receiver, uh, being the running back one in uh, the Chargers' backfield. But I said, oh, no, 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 no. This is a new lineup. Who this? So this is one waiver wire that I highly suggest people jump on because he is going to be the starter. He will take over that starting position for the Chargers' backfield by midseason, and that's Joshua Kelly. Um, I mean... He went for uh, 60 yards and a touchdown. I mean, everybody talks about how Eckler was the the man. And Kelly came in. He's a rookie. He's got all the – he checks off all the boxes. Um, and, I mean, he, he's a deep dive. And I, I, I highly look for him to, to flourish even more. Now, do you guys have anybody else that you know you're trying to grab off the waiver wire? Uh, the other name that sprung out to me was the Los Angeles Rams and Malcolm Brown, who scored twice. Yes, uh, with with Gurley out of the Rams' backfield, uh, everybody looked to Cam Akers to, you know, just come in and immediately take over that that running back one position, but. You know, I see that there is some competition. He carried the team well. He 
you know, he looked good scoring, uh, hitting the hole well. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, depending on how deep your league is, you could take a look and see, scour that, definitely get in a waiver wire from him. For him, uh, I think all these are nice additions. Eric, do you have anybody else you want to want to tag tag along? Well, I would say because I don't know, even with his history in Washington, I don't know if that many people would have had a chance to really keep them on now that he's in Detroit. But a little bit of a bigger name who had a surprisingly good day, especially to me, would be the quasi-ageless wonder Adrian Peterson. I mean, yes, while you're going to have Detroit still roll around with a Matt Stafford-based throwing offense, and yes, of course, Swift, hands and all, I really think with Peterson, he's going to be much more efficient, so not quite RB1, but if you've got a deep league or in a flex position, He's worth looking at more after this uh, near 100-yard day this week. Yeah. 93 yards for Adrian Peterson here coming off of a late addition to the Detroit Lions because I think he was one of the last-minute cuts by the Washington Redacteds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Pay, uh, the only thing that scares me about Peterson is that backfield is extremely uh, crowded. So if you are in a deep league and you can stash him, I highly recommend that you know you do stash Peterson. Now, uh, with us with us covering our waiver wire pickups with who new team who is. Now I want to move on to something. Uh, you know I don't want to be so positive. Everybody knows me. I'm kind of an asshole. So uh, so I, I, I want to be the conductor of this. And so we're going to chug a lug a lug on down and hop upon the hype train. Now, just a preference, our hype train is those players that were ass week one, just straight up ass. That could have cost you your matchup, those marquee players that you look at to be, that you lean on, that your you know, first, second round picks that you build your team upon and you want to succeed. Now, Harry, who, who, are, you, who are you bringing along with you on the hype train? Um, are we, are we going to talk about the one who actually did cost me the game or the one that would have cost me the game had I actually started him? Well, we'll, we'll, I have we'll tackle two. both of them. We'll, we'll I have two, but I don't want to take somebody else's pick. Uh, you, you, I've got, I've got plenty to choose from. Yeah. And I've got a big one that, yeah, somewhat out of left field, but important. 10 carries, 29 yards, no receptions for a grand total of 2.9 fantasy points. <laughs> um, how explicitly F-bomb are we going to be on this show? Uh, you're going to let them fly. You've got me and Eric. We, we don't, you know, if, if you know me and Eric well enough. Absolutely shit running back court led by my second round pick. Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, he was he was a um, uh, speaking a new lineup. Who this? I don't think we mentioned J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Dobbins is, is snagged in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking across the waiver wire, Dobbins has been picked up 
in a lot of leagues. He was he's typ- he was typically a draft day addition in just about any league that I was a part of. And for those who are in dynasty leagues with taxi squads, he was snagged up there too. So Mark Ingram was the one who actively started who played a hand in costing me this matchup. The one who would have cost me this matchup had he been, not been left on my bench. Five carries for five yards. One catch for 14 yards. That is a combined score on Yahoo's standard scoring of 2.9 points. For the Golden Hype, the former Jacksonville Jaguar turned Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's only a week. I've said this about Jaguars making their names other places, coming close to getting rings, actually getting rings, putting themselves in Oscar consideration. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jalen Ramsey. For something like that, don't be entirely in a rush to bench him yet. Just keep him in mind, he says painfully. Oh, no, he's he's staying on my bench. Because my RB1 and RB2 were Mark Ingram and Devin Singletary. Ingram, I expect to bounce back. Singletary had a solid performance against the Jets. All right, so... My addition to the hype train, I'm carrying him on. He's going to be in my carry-on luggage. Isn't it Eric's turn? If we're going. Go ahead, Eric. I thought you went, my bad. Well, that's okay. The one, now granted, if you're in an IDP league, you can freely ignore this. But if you're one of those who are still steadfast in a team defense, especially with the moves that they made in the offseason, moves that even I was excited about to an extent, I'm adding on the hype train to the Minnesota defense. Yes, the game against Green Bay was a scoregami, but you talk about a group that was just picked apart. I believe it was in the ESPN leagues. It would have dated you minus nine points. It was yeah, minus yeah. six on Yahoo. Yeah. It was minus nine because they was in one of my lineups. Right. Minus nine on ESPN. Minus six if you're using with the Yahoo scoring. Giving up 43 points to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I know with the lack of practicing... I expected a slow start, but I didn't even anticipate this. So what you're saying is we're talking about practice? We are talking about practice. Not a game. Practice. Uh, this this one I'm about to discuss. Uh, I, I want to list my two before we go back over to uh, Harry and Eric to finish uh, their their final two. This one, this one breaks my heart. This one hits really close to home because when when you see this person on your fantasy league or, or if he's sitting there and you're waiting to draft, this is a top three pick. And, yeah, it's a homer pick for me. Uh, but when he nets 15 attempts for six rushing yards and six receptions for – 
60 yards um, for a total of 6.6 points. It, it's heartbreaking to know that that's the stat line for Saquon Barkley uh, of the New York Giants. Like I said, it hurts. It hurts my heart uh, having, to, having to talk about Saquon like this. But I mean, he was the epitome of hype train this this week. A top uh, a top three pick that fell flat on his face. Uh, now, granted, he did play Pittsburgh. They do have one of the upper tier uh, defenses in the league. But I mean, he just looked. Uh, average out there. He didn't look like his explosive self. Uh, the line didn't help matters any either, but yeah, I mean, he was abysmal this week. Now, uh, the next one, I'm going to go ahead and tackle this one. Um, the next one is one of the one of the premier um wide receivers that, you know, we actually had a debate on an uh, episode of the kickoff um, about who you, who you would rather own. And this guy did absolutely no favors for me in my defense of him and Deshaun Watson. And that's Braden Cooks. I mean, yes, they went against the defending Super Bowl champs and the Chiefs, who has a highly underrated defense. Yes, Robert Taylor, if you listen to this, I will – always tell you uh, I've never disputed that they have a highly underrated defense and they don't get the credit that they deserve. But Deshaun Watson and Cooks, um, I mean, they just couldn't hook up. I mean, he had two points, two. Just, just, And, you know, he's being drafted as a wide receiver one uh, to fill out a lot, of, a lot of positions. And, I mean, he just – he fell flat on his face. I mean, he was projected in some leagues to get anywhere from 10 to 12 points. I've seen, you know, I, I've seen a array. The lowest point total I think I've actually seen him projected was eight, eight, and, eight and three quarters, and he got two. So, I mean, they, they let Hopkins go, and they replaced him with Cooks, thinking that this is going to be, you know, you're going to make that lateral move. And it didn't happen. So uh, that's my two passengers on the hype train. Harry, what's your second one going to be? Well, I already kind of gave you two with uh, Fournette and Mark Ingram, but I can throw I can throw a third out there. If yeah, you let, let's, let, well, we got Eric bringing the whole team, so we we could throw another one on there for you. <laughs> um. So there is something to be said for salvaging one season in week one. Because if not for the drive engineered by Ryan Tannehill at the end of the second Monday night game, Stephen Gaskowski would be looking for a job today. So mad on so many levels at that performance. So many levels. Four missed kicks by Gaskowski on the Monday night game against Den- against Denver and and. Mile High Stadium and Vesco and Power Field. I think you said it is now, Eric. Yep, and Power Field at Mile High. The first time in Guskowski's career, he's missed four kicks in a game, three field goals, and an extra point. If Tannehill doesn't take them down the field at the end of the game, like I said earlier, Guskowski gets fired this morning. 
They even then stopped... they've already brought in another kicker. How that's going to develop is going to be interesting, but that one just hurt my wallet. Speaking of kickers being released, Austin Sabert out in Cleveland too. Yeah. All right. So a lot of teams don't. Uh, you know, a lot of teams have went away and not used kickers in the fantasy world. I I got a couple of leagues that that still uses kickers, and a lot of places eliminated the kicker for an extra flex position. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you know you got just like in real football, you got to rely on a kicker and. He was, uh, with that offense, he was highly touted. I was looking up some stats. He was projected to be like uh, nine points, and he got four. And a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of negatives on there uh, for those missed missed field goals and extra points. So, yeah, so he, he kind of let a lot of people down because he could have, just like the regular season, he could have uh, – Destroyed your fan, uh, fantasy season as well. Eric, you got anybody else you want to talk about on the hype train? Yeah. That totally was ass. Yeah. No. He, I can't say complete putridness or just total ass, but close enough under the circumstances. I mean, you've got a good contract. You're sitting kind of fat and happy. You got a rookie quarterback you got to look out for kind of help take the weight off of his shoulders but overall you really don't produce and in my mind that was just joe mixon yes 19 carries for 69 yards but only one catch for two yards and a fumble and you're talking someone depending on the system you use projected to get upwards of 23 points and only cashing in for nine. If you've especially yeah. got a good running back, like focused scoring system or multiple running backs on your roster, you planned around this and that could have cost you some matchups. Oh yeah. I mean that mix and hurt me in a couple of leagues. So I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely all aboard on the hype train on him. So now uh, on the flip side of that, we're going to go straight balling. These are the players that have just totally blew out their uh, their projected points and kind of kind of annihilated that, surpassed that, and straight up probably carried you to a victory if you were struggling struggling anywhere else. These players could have carried you to a victory on your own. So I'm going to do this a little different. Uh, we're going to go. Um, top three positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We're going to each pick one. Uh, so, Harry, we're going to start with you. Who's your balling quarterback of this week? My balling quarterback for this. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually looking him up right while you were getting ready to introduce the segment here. The stat line overall is not super impressive until you get to the fourth quarter. 20 of 36, 242 yards, no interceptions, and a fumble loss. But here's the big stats to consider here. Three fourth-quarter touchdown passes for Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback, Chicago Bears. Actually, the number three-ranked quarterback in fantasy this this week. He He's... Uh... 
in most leagues. He is sitting at number three overall at the quarterback position. And if you told me you had Mitchell Trubisky as your third-ranked quarterback after week one, you're a goddamn liar. Uh, I'm right there with you. I I don't know what happened, uh, and I don't want to speculate all the reports coming out of Chicago that happened today. And we will we'll talk about more of that tomorrow night on the kickoff. Uh, but Eric, you network. Eric, who, who's your who's your straight balling uh, quarterback? I know it's going to be a bit homer, but considering the Colts' defense, especially with Leonard at linebacker and how they always seem to give the Jaguars fits, for a season opener, you complete 95% of your passes. It was flat out just real Minshew mania in front of the few fans that were able to attend at TIAA Bank. 19 for 20. 19 for 20. Yes, not a lot of yards at only 173, but three touchdown passes and to help boost your run game, five carries for 19 yards. To go out with that kind of performance out of nowhere, especially in a, what a lot of folks regarded as an upset win in Jacksonville, Minshew definitely balled out this week. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, he's currently the I think number five quarterback. Uh, looking at this, uh, he's he's definitely right around that cusp of being five, depending on your scoring. Scoring now, I, I couldn't decide, so it's my show. I'm going to take two. Uh, neither one, of which I'm surprised neither one of you suggested. I mean, straight up, both of these teams, uh, both of these guys carried. Uh, we're going to actually talk about. One of uh, the wide receiver that benefited from one of them a little later on, but uh, I my my two top quarterbacks this week is Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I mean, both of them put up damn near forty points uh, alone, uh, which is very surprising. So, yeah, uh, it's it's just crazy. I mean, to see these quarterbacks straight ball out so yeah um definitely definitely going to go with those two as, as my quarterback pits now let's take a look here um yeah i mean russell wilson's number one uh aaron Rodgers two we'll go down the top 10 here uh russell wilson one rogers two kyler murray was three uh lamar is four uh, your boy Josh Allen Harry is number five. Cam First Newton. career three hundred yard passing game. Cam Newton is six. Matt Ryan seven. Trubisky eight. Kirk Cousins nine. And somehow Watson still made it into the top ten against that Kansas City. I think that was a lot of uh, what. Yep. What's funny is you know uh, Minshew was ranked number thirteen. Does anybody guess? Want to guess who number fourteen is? Daniel Jones. No, because you asked. Eric, is Mahomes all the way down at fourteen? That is correct. So Robert Taylor, your your top quarterback, is the fourteenth best uh, behind Gar- Gardner Minshew. So <laughs> but Eric, 
Eric, you can rub that in uh, anytime you wish. So I expect I expect to see uh, poster boards, poster boards of that. Now, going moving on uh, to our running backs, who who was straight balling for you guys in the running back position this week? Well, it's funny that you mentioned Mr. Mahomes here because it's a perfect. I'm going to go ahead and tie the two shows together. Segway for my pick here. I, I I wanted to be upset at Robert. I wanted to be mad at him. I was pissed off because he kept riding this guy's chalk just like he was with Mahomes last year. And then the son of a bitch went out and had 138 yards in his first NFL game as a starter with a score for 19.8 points from the running back position. And that would be who obviously was probably a high draft pick in a lot of leagues given the offense that he's around. But for a rookie to go out and put up these numbers in his first performance in the NFL, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was straight balling out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a little little fact, just so you guys know, the only running back to surpass the century mark in week one was CEH. Uh, at which... Slight addendum to that that I will get to when you're done, because it ties into my pick. All right, who do you... Go ahead, Eric. Uh, the second running back to go over 100 yards week one. And oh, yeah. Last also, night. Yep, also had three catches for 15 yards. Oh, uh, you gotta feed him, even though I can't stand him. I wish he would come on home, but Derrick Henry. I mean, to really respond with some of the passing struggles early on, 31 carries for 116, another one on a great contract, well-earned, well-deserved. Derrick Henry, he was eaten last night. Yeah, I didn't see the – I didn't have the stats from last night in front of me. So that's why I did. I said that I didn't acknowledge Henry because I, I didn't know that he went over 100 yards last night because – you know, everybody knows how much I show prep. Uh, so, my, again, my, that's why my, we're here. My running back is is one that uh, has a lot of hype to him. Last year, his rookie season came out. You know, had some flashes of brilliance. Was on a garbage team, but showed that he is he is a formidable uh, NFL running back. And I, I mean. For 93 yards on the ground, 46 receiving yards. I mean, Josh Jacobs uh, straight, you know, carried. I mean, he went for 33.9 fantasy points. I mean, that is that is impressive. I mean, that's above Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the number four and five is is really interesting, Harry. Uh, it is actually your. Your number four is both of these are your new team who dis and Malcolm Brown and Hines at the four and five spot with twenty four and a half and twenty three point three points respectively. Yeah, um, like I said, and expect Naeem Hines' performances in Indianapolis only to continue to trend upward with uh, Marlon Mack out for the season now. All right, so so we're going to move on to our last uh, position that we were going to discuss on straight balling. And that's your wide receiver. Who, who do you guys got there? Harry, we'll start with you. 
Okay, it would have been nice to know that we were doing three positions before the show started. Because I kind of had to do a rush job on this. But it's okay. I made it work. Um, Eric, you know how you went homer for your quarterback? Mm-hmm. Well, allow me to do the same at the wide receiver position. Six catches on eight targets for 70 yards and a touchdown for a total of 19 fantasy points for wide receiver two in Buffalo now, John Brown. Yeah, uh, uh, he's uh, finishing week one listed as the 14th uh, ranked wide receiver uh, with 16 points. So, yeah, I mean, I, I figured, you know, I mean, Harry, you know, I, I figured, you know, when you said a rush job, I figured you would have took some of the low-hanging fruit here. So, Eric, I expect you to at least take one of, the, one of them. Well, because for someone who, again, a little bit buried on the depth chart, but took advantage and showed out, especially in my mind, given the offensive performance, only four catches on only six targets, yes, but 96 yards and a touchdown, the one, the only, a Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, who comes in at your wide receiver 11. Um, but you want? I, I, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. You guys are just leaving it for me, so I'm going to take it. Who was the the rightful contributor to that Green Bay offense. And that's Devontae Adams. I mean, 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns for a total of 34.6 points. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's wide receiver one overall. Uh, and that puts you up there, the bean. Uh, he's actually the, the number one fantasy player of the week uh you know him uh the top three are adams josh jacobs and aaron Rodgers. so i mean that's that's pretty that's a pretty formal thing i mean you got aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball who threw for four touchdowns on 364 yards two of them went to you and half of his passing yards go to you so i mean that's pretty impressive so so we got uh i mean that's that's pretty nice now we're about to close out the show, and I'm going to end it. Uh, I have a somber note that I want to close it out on is, and we're going to talk about the bad beats that we've seen across our leagues. I experienced two of them myself. Uh, one, I lost by exactly .03. Yeah, yeah, that three yards. I lost by three yards in one league. Uh, three yards from a running back, uh, especially. Uh, and those running backs happen to be, and when I when I tell you this running back where you're going to laugh, those running backs were James Conner, Derrick Henry, and Melvin Gordon. Yes, and I lost, I lost, what we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon because he was the sole reason of my second bad beat where I lost by 1.8. His fumble for negative two lost me that. 
So I was actually up by point two. His fumble lost me that. So, yeah, that's my bad beats. So uh, did you guys see any bad beats in any of your leagues that, you know, you want to bring to the table? Honestly, I'm, I mean, I got my ass kicked in my main league this week. I'm not going to lie. My running back's super underwhelmed. Um, I did make a last-minute decision to start John Brown over Larry Fitzgerald, and I'm happy that I did because, like I said earlier, Brown kind of showed out. But I definitely have to do something to upgrade my run, my running back core because I lost by like forty points. Yeah. To be fair, in the league in the league that I'm in, Mahomes underperformed as well. His projections by a good twelve points too, so that didn't help matters. Uh, Eric, did you see any bad beats? For me, we explained this kind of leading up off air to the episode. Yeah, for the first time really in my football life, I slept in so late. We're talking 3.30 that I didn't get a chance to fully set my lineups. Now, granted, in a couple of my leagues, it wouldn't have made a difference because one of them, I got blown out by a little over 100. But had I just subbed in for D.D. Westbrook and Reichwell Armstead, who were both out had i put in the right players that i had sitting on my bench i would have won in my main league so um yeah awfully disappointed in myself for that one can't even blame the players all right yeah so um uh myself um yeah i just discuss the bad beats uh and uh, i i've come to realize that you know having 20 plus leagues is is a bit tiresome um you think uh so it, it, it runs me pretty ragged so so yeah i mean uh definitely with the injuries of michael thomas and james connor a couple of my teams are suffering there um luckily i had no stakes uh i, I had no shares uh, some of the other, um, you know, key injuries, uh, and like Marlon Mack, uh, Najoku, who's on the hour now, uh, Mims from the Jets. Hi, Randy. Uh, has also got placed on Le'Veon the hour. Bell. Le'Veon Bell just got placed. So, I mean, uh, we expected this. Uh, I mean, and, you know, this is something that, you know, I'm sure we'll be bringing up tomorrow night, bringing to the table with our anchorman. Uh, when he's, you know, talking about key injuries and stuff, uh, and as well as our reactions to week one. So now with that being said, uh, we want to close out the show with, if you guys tuned in, uh, you guys noticed that we, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, if you guys tuned in, you will notice that, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Sean was unable to attend his draft and um he he turned the reins over to us <laughs> and um and you're in the he, first round he, he let us draft his team so uh weekly we will recap sean's team um so week one what well, was was a scary one for him um definitely 
definitely yeah. was on the edge of our seats because we actually pulled out the win for him. Uh, 94 to 92.84. So 1.16 victory. You know why he, we were on the edge of our sheet on the end of our seats here because he didn't start Raheem Mostert like he should have. Well, I mean, I, I understand why he didn't start him. I mean, uh, I don't know who he would have would have benched for Mostert. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you're not going to bench Elliot Mixon. Uh, <laughs> Given the way Mixon played, you should have. Yeah. So. And the, you don't have a flex position. You play three wide receivers on a tight end. So I mean, you would have you would have had to bench Elliott or Mixon. And going into those matchups, I really don't see how Mostert would have fit uh, logically. You know, to unseat one of those in a starting lineup. But we are off uh, off to week two, where we have a really tight matchup uh, versus another one and O team in Gary. Who is projected to beat us by 0.5? You're going down, Vaughn. So, um, so we have. I'll break down the matchups. I mean, it's it's a pretty solid matchup. Uh, we've got Breeze versus Wilson, Elliott versus Kamara, Mixon versus Carson, Diggs versus Julio, Tyreek versus Goodwin, Hollywood versus Ridley. Waller versus Ingram, and the Chiefs D versus the Ravens D. So I think that this is going to be a barn burner. And I think, honestly, those projections being as tight as that, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, so I, I'm, I want to keep an eye on this. Uh, we'll, we'll update everybody. Uh, we'll actually have two games to update everybody with when we join you on the next, uh, with the next time. Uh, now, with that being said, uh, any final thoughts from you, Harry? No, I mean, I'm okay, happy that's to... fine. Uh, <laughs> I had to get. I'm happy. I'm happy that we were finally able to get the fantasy podcast off the ground. Honestly, if we could keep this to like 45 minutes to an hour, we could probably do it on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're. I don't really want to do like real deep dives. Uh, this is just a good, quick hit. You know, get our takes, our fantasy football insights. We all are very active in the fantasy football world. Uh, maybe we can even get uh, get some picks and information from the fourth member of the kickoff, uh, Randy. And you know, get some. You know, he could he might not be able to join us on the show, but he maybe he can send us some picks that you know that he he wants us to uh, some players that he wants to talk about and everything. So we still have his he'll. We'll have a shrine built to him or something. Yeah, we'll we'll still have like the um we'll still have the full on educated debate when it comes to football over on the kickoff, but this is gonna be more of your statistical analysis portion of the of the podcast for us. Yeah, so um so with that being said, uh Harry, I wanna thank you for you know joining us tonight. Eric, do you got any final thoughts? Oh you're these are going to all, as always, be the toughest weeks in the schedule, especially with the lack of preseason, like we've only seen in a couple of different instances. If you're going into say week four at maybe one and two, two and one, treading water, don't freak out. 
So it, with, with that being said, I'm going to close everything out and tell you, um, let you guys plug everything uh, where you guys can find, find us, um, and then I'll wrap up the show. Harry, where can they find you? Uh, at HEB the Eagle on Twitter if you guys want to talk fantasy football there Harry Broadhurst on Facebook if you guys want to talk fantasy fantasy football there in addition you guys can check out the kickoff every Wednesday night here uh, we record we're usually up on Thursday mornings on the W2M website and on all your favorite podcast listening services Eric where can people find you online at Squid Sports Head on Twitter talking fantasy football or a variety of other subjects if you also prefer Facebook where you don't see me start stuff uh, you can find me at, look for Eric Watkins you should all know the drill or especially if you're new that's okay as well look for the guy cartoon in the Jaguars gear in the recliner holding a glass of wine next to the pile of laundry you found me um, let's just say that there are some other places that you can find me, but they'll have to slide into my DMs and undergo a vetting process. And for those of you who will be listening to the next episode of The Kickoff, I got myself a brand new nickname in that realm. Stay tuned. All right. So, uh, help us. uh you can always look me up, uh, you know, uh, at W2M Chairman on Twitter. Uh, for all fantasy football advice, uh, sit starts. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll I'll be tackling those. Uh, I got to work for two hours the next two Sundays, mandatory overtime. But hey, who who says I can't multitask? Uh, be, be setting lineups, offering sit start question answers as as I do do pretend to work. So uh, with that being said. Uh, I heard, I heard something. This is for you, Eric. Um, you know, I heard you want to get get somebody at the Georgia Dome on the 50-yard line while the Dirty Birds kicked some trees. <laughs> so, with that being said, I am your host. This is the kickoff. Watch your fantasy here on the W2M Network. You've been listening to a bunch of fucktards. And tune in tomorrow for more debauchery on the kickoff where we discuss everything not, not fantasy that's going on in the NFL. So you guys have a good night. And if you message me on Twitter, that is my other one. I'll probably tell you, you got to fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>